help stimulate the middle class with music. Stop pressing CDs. What is the reason people don't hit publish? Fear. Consistent quality content. Hello! And welcome to the Music Stuff Show with my frozen face. Yeah! Where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. That's right. That is What's right. Up? What it do, friends? We back, baby. Guess who's back? In the house. Back again. That's right, man. We're here every week. It's not a surprise anymore. But for whatever reason, yeah. that's the only song that ever comes to mind when I think about being back. <laughs> All right, let's roll sure. through. Lay announcements. And I, <laughs> Hit I just, me, You know, I'm at the place where we got to get the business out because y'all know we, we got to do it. But I want to get to the stuff. We got stuff to hit. You know? All right. First and foremost... Uh, review of the week coming from across the pond. Tom and Vance come across as two of the nicest people in the world. Thank you. They do a fantastic job of cutting to the point and give firm and memorable advice about the do's and don'ts when trying to find your feet in a music career. I find it admirable how they also try and think about it from a diverse range of music genres, but also think about people from all walks of life. I've also been in contact with Tom, who is more than happy to help and offers fantastic advice. I have now written my first album and have started a band. The podcast has really helped me to develop as an artist and avoid certain traps set by the music industry. I can't believe these guys do this out of the goodness of their hearts. Great respect to you both, and thank you so much. No, Craig, thank you. Thanks for enjoying Thank the show, being a part of it, coming on this journey. Uh, That's right. You know, while I, I love this part of our show where, like, our community may be small, but it is mighty. And I love that we have really awesome people from all sorts of crazy places. Like, I just noticed this week that, uh, I don't know if it's always been this way, because I don't really check that much. But uh, at least in season three, uh, Spain is one of the... Uh, biggest communities to participate in our show so all right shout out come spain. on now love you guys what up, spain thanks for hanging out viva uh, España. that's right also you know if you like the show it sounds silly it doesn't sound like a lot but it does help if you uh if you're into it leave a review and if you're not tell us what we can do better to help you more that's right did you join the Facebook group? 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 Got in front of it. All right. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to bore you with it this week. It's on the screen. It's in the show notes. Do the thing. Come hang out with us. We're working on cool that's stuff right. that's a little bit down the road, but trust us, you're going to want to be there because we're working behind the curtain right now to prove, not just sit here and tell you our feelings, but prove ways to make a career uh, in the business of music. So you're going to want to hang out for that. That's All right. right. On to some people's favorite part of the show. Tom, did you know <laughs> Pringles are not actually potato chips? What? <laughs> I did not know that. And I need more information. Absolutely. Uh, the next time you see a can of Pringles, take a closer look. You won't see the word chip anywhere on the packaging. That is because Pringles aren't made of thinly sliced potatoes, but instead dehydrated potato flakes pressed into their signature parabolic shape. That's what makes them less greasy. But when other potato chip manufacturers complain, the Food and Drug Administration ruled that Pringles couldn't be marked as chips. The company eventually settled on Potato Crisp. I am like, <laughs> wait a minute. Are they the like 
MDF particle board of potato chips. I think that's what we just learned. Is today. that what we're saying? They... Like, like normal <laughs> wood is sliced from the from a tree and is a board of like straight up wood. Yep. And pring and and like MDF is like sawdust yep. that is compressed and turned into a board. So by the same fashion, most chips are a potato that is thinly sliced and then baked. Mm-hmm. But Pringles are shape are potato shavings. Yes. That are compressed into chip form. 100%. They are the chicken nugget of potato chips. <laughs> Pringles are MDF. Congratulations, Pringles. You are the McDonald's chicken nugget of potato <laughs> chips. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a good one this week. Uh, wow. That is a good one. That might be one of my favorites so far. Right? I'm blown away right now. I'm also kind of offended that I didn't notice. <laughs> well, I'm mad at myself, really. It's... Uh... It's like the world of illusion. It's yeah. not, uh, it's I mean, not I can, always... I can visualize the chip in my head right. right now, and I can see the texture of it and recognize very clearly that it is made up of tiny little pieces. Yep. Good stuff. Wow. Yeah. Let I'm blown that, away. Let that blow your mind today. Yeah. You're and that's welcome. it for this episode of the Music Stuff Show. Man. Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> Hope you guys had a great week. We'll see you next Wednesday. That's right. <laughs> wow. Oh, goodness. All right. Also, you already know, but I'm going to tell you one more time. I got a new show supporting performers on the internet. If you play music and you want to play music on my show, go to the link. Hit it in the show notes, wherever you're consuming this. Come hang out with me, and we'll uh, tell the rest of the world how great your music or whatever you make is. Because uh, we yeah. love you guys. All right. Announcements over. What are we talking Boom. about, Tom? This week, we are talking about how to cultivate and create momentum. Momentum, a nice little buzzword. What does that mean? What does it all mean, Basil? <laughs> so uh, I think one of the – this is a career thing. It's a humanity thing. It's definitely a cultural thing. But nowhere does it occur more frequently and more passionately, I think, than business. And that is the desire to succeed instantaneously without putting in the work. Mm. You just want that quick lottery ticket win – and go from zero to stardom without having to earn it. Like everybody wants to be, everybody wants to be Justin Bieber. That's a bad example because he did put in the work early when he was like 13 years old or not even that old. He was well, like 10 started putting videos on YouTube. Like even that doesn't count, but everybody has this idea that overnight success is a thing that happens in the music business. And it seems to be so exclusive to the music business that someone just becomes a child prodigy and is overnighted to stardom. But that's just not how it works. The only, the only true ticket to success, the only true ticket to building the career that you want and subsequently the life that you want is to put in the work every single day. And when you do that, you build momentum. It's a snowball effect. One becomes two, two becomes four, so on and so forth. But you have to show up every day and wade through the absolute suck for a long time so that you can get to that place. Because though we, from like the public standpoint, see our favorite artists and bands, many of them, I would say probably most of them, is overnight sensations because that's how it's marketed to us. That's just not the case for really anybody. It's all behind-the-scenes work. There's years and years of trial and error and failure and education that happens 
far before you see anybody on the big stage or the big screen. You have to put in that work early to build the momentum so that you can become an overnight sensation. It's so true. It, uh, yeah, it, it's, I mean, cliches are cliche for a reason. I feel like it's easy to joke about. It's easy to, you know, laugh about, but at the end of the day, like cliches exist because they are true. And, they, yeah. you know, and sometimes we don't want to accept that. And it, it, it's funny and bizarre to me that people want to treat their music careers like playing the lottery, which is mm -hmm. essentially what you are doing. And as easy as it is for, you know, I, maybe a, a large amount of people to look at communities that spend their money to play the lotto for something that they will likely never receive any uh, financial gains back from just on a chance. And mm -hmm. when you spend your time trying to meet the right people, go to the right party, try and find a booking agent, try and find a manager, if you're looking, that means what you're doing isn't commanding attention. Because if you're commanding attention by mm -hmm. doing something That's excellent, real. I like that. Those people are gonna come find you. Like yeah. and and that is the piece where it's like, sure you might be able to find somebody that will quote unquote sign a deal with you. Like let's hypothetically say that maybe you have potential. I promise you, if you're going to them, they're going to take advantage of you because you don't have anything to back it up. You have no equity. You're not bringing yeah. an audience to the table because you haven't put yeah. in work. You haven't built something and proved that people want to consume that. And mm -hmm. to also touch on the <laughs> 10 year overnight success, I have no doubt that you know people like this as well, Tom, but I literally, I'd have to go search for them. They're on Ghosts of MacBooks past, but I have records from bands that, you know, have gone on to become big bands or have toured with A-list people. I can think of a band that I'm not going to call out right now in the back of my mind that has toured with Justin Bieber, that has toured with Taylor Swift, that I have a record on a hard drive somewhere that came out but it wasn't their debut record once they were signed and on a big label and whatever. Like mm -hmm. if you had any idea how many artists build a catalog and then magically <clears throat> once they try and jump to the big leagues and sign with a major label, all of a sudden they just delete everything that ever existed before and pretend like this is our mm -hmm. first single. We're starting now and it's perfect and it's polished. And all it is is a rebrand, but they spent yeah. five, seven, 10 years touring clubs, playing to 15 people, not like, like yeah. doing the hard work that nobody wants to do. And it's unfortunate that it becomes portrayed as, oh, they're an overnight success. Because here's the reality. It's easier for a huge label and a big brand to pretend like, here's a new thing and have an mm -hmm. initial momentum and have some initial, oh, what is this that we haven't seen before? So that's how they present these things. They're not yeah. actually new. I can pull out no. the records. I'd probably get sued if I posted them on the <laughs> internet. But like, I want to know if it's the band that I'm thinking of. It probably I think is. It is. It, yeah, I, I'd say there's a good chance that uh, you know yeah. because their okay. dads are also well. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, in the <laughs> yeah. music industry. Um, so I have a few, so so many thoughts. You like all the stuff you said made me think of so many different things and I want to try to get them all out. So there's several different examples that I'm thinking of here that apply to this. Uh, number one is I will say the band, uh, 
just like the band you mentioned, uh, was not an overnight success. Uh, Zach Brown before Zach Brown band was Zach Brown band. Uh, he had a little restaurant on Lake Oconee in Georgia where I'm from, uh, about 20 minutes from where I grew up. And I grew up in a town called Madison and Lake Oconee is about 20 minute drive for me. He had a restaurant called Zach's place and it had a stage that was smaller than the room I'm in now. It was a tiny little stage. Um, and it, he would play there. He owned the place and he would play there and it would just be him and his drummer, just the two of them drummer singing background vocals and him playing acoustic guitar, no bass, no full band, no nothing. And he was playing chicken fried before anybody ever heard chicken fried. Like he was before they won a Grammy. Let's just use that as a benchmark before they won their Grammy for best new artist. I had heard chicken fried for probably trying to get my years right. I'd probably heard it for six or seven years before they won a Grammy for that song. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I hit, I mean, I had me and other people, we had like demo recordings, live recordings from Zach's place of that song that people would listen to in their car. Mm -hmm. He would play chicken fried sometimes with his drummer, sometimes by himself to a room full of full, a room of 10 people. 10 very drunk people sometimes just dancing around to acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And I know this cause I was there as the opening band, <laughs> me and my friend, Eric God, who's been on this show and a couple other friends, Be- uh, Bill and Jesse, the four of us would be, would play there sometimes. And sometimes we would open for Zach and sometimes we would just be the music that night. So we were like in that sort of crew that played at Zach's place. It was us and several other artists, uh, that would come in, that we're all sort of in his network and community and we would all get to come play. And it was Zach just had a restaurant and he liked music and he wrote some songs. And it was during that time period, uh, that he had that restaurant that he met Wyatt, who has co-written most of the number one hits that he's had. And I remember hearing a lot of those songs in Zach's place to a room with 10, 20 people in it. And then fast forward seven years and they're winning a Grammy for that song that I've been listening to for almost a decade. Because that's how those things happen. And the reason they happen that way is because Zach got to a point, just like another example I want to bring up, Joe Rogan with his news yesterday of Mm -hmm. selling his podcast to Spotify. Both of these guys, organizations, got to a point where they didn't need anybody else. They started viable businesses with viable revenue streams and positive cash flow and they can command their price should they decide to sell to somebody. For ex- like in Joe's case, he sold to Spotify. In Zach's case, he sold to Atlantic. He sold a piece of his business to Atlantic Records. That's how this works. Atlantic Records didn't come and throw Zach a bone and make him Zach Brown. Zach was already on his way to becoming the big sensation that is Zach Brown band. Atlantic just said, I want a piece of that pie. And Zach was like, okay, well, let's figure out a deal that works for both of us. And so he could command his price. And that's the position you want to put yourself in. You want to be you want to be a viable, stable business to the point that you don't need anybody else's money. And only when you don't need anybody else's money should you consider taking anybody else's money. Because when you take somebody else's money, you better be damn sure that you're going to make far more money as a result of that deal than you would have on your own. That's the only reason to do the deal. If I'm making a quarter of a million dollars a year off of what I do, and 
somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to take 30% of that. Well, you better make it worth my while. I better make double that. I better make half a million dollars a year as a result of our deal. Otherwise, I'm not fooling with the headache because I got a great business working for me right now. Totally agree. The, yeah, there, this delusions of past. I get it. If this was, you know, 1993 and radio was still king and people didn't have iPhones and digital music yeah. and whatever, and you could sell records and it cost $100,000 to make a record and $500,000 yeah. to make a video. Cool. I get it. Yeah. Let's let the past be in the past, man. Like it, it's time yep. to recognize that that is not the case anymore. And I just want to, I want to interject real quick. Yeah. John Rowan, my buddy from high school who was here last week commented and said, yes, same here with chicken fried. He knows <laughs> John. all of us, yeah. all of us in that high school, that area, that community growing up, like everybody has the same story. Mm. They've heard Zach Brown for years before he was Zach Brown. hundred percent, man. And Thank you for backing me up, John. Thanks, John. <laughs> thanks for bringing the validity to our show. Uh, That's right. But no, like the Joe Rogan thing where I feel like people, and it's funny because even somebody like that, who was very blatantly put in the work, like, yeah. and done it, somebody will still be like, oh, he's famous, he's got the UFC. Like, sure, does he have a job that, you know, maybe allowed him some initial access when he was starting out? Yeah, but guess what? Like, I had a friend that was 19 years old that had CEOs of huge-ass companies on his podcast seven years ago uh, yeah. because it was before anybody was doing it, and it wasn't, pop like, mm -hmm. some hot commodity thing. And so he had a very legit show for being a young teenager. He really yeah. cared about business and wanted to get advice from people that were more successful. And he was able to pull big CEOs from real companies because of that. But like he still had yeah. to do the work and show up and do it. And it's like people are still going to say, oh, he's just famous. Oh, he's got money. He's mm -hmm. had a show for 10 years. That dude puts out like two or three episodes a week of a show that's yeah. three hours long. 90% wow. of the time, like there are, I don't know the exact number. It is hovering around 1500 episodes, like write 1500 songs. Like, yeah. I would love to see somebody that's written 1500 songs. Then come tell me like how that didn't make their career. Like, yeah, exactly. I'd love, I'd love for anybody who's written 1500 songs to tell me that it was an absolute failure and waste of their time. Like just boggles my mind. Uh, I will say I do. Where is this quote? I wrote it down so that I would have it. I really I thought this was a great. Uh, it had nothing to do with the music industry in this book that I was reading, but it felt so relevant. And it says momentum rarely occurs after one crazy effort. Momentum builds slowly but relentlessly. Small, repetitive, continuous actions chained together builds momentous momentum. Uh, and I just like that is the heart of this whole thing where it's like, yeah, there is no sexy option. And here's, what's funny. Like, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. You can think that we're crazy. You can not believe us. You can move to LA or Nashville or New York and, you know, try and work your way up whoever's ladder and try and do it. Cool. Prove me wrong. I would love for you to prove me wrong, but yeah. I would argue that, you know, 99% of the time you're going to come back five, seven, 10 years later and be like, man, I wish I had spent this time. And then you're going to be in a place where it's like, okay, well, now I'm going to do 
a normal job because I spent this 10 years trying to make it and do this thing and meet all the right people and now I'm burnt out, which happens to every person I've ever known, or you're still going to love music and still wish that's what you were going to do and you're still going to have to start five, seven, yeah. 10 years from now, you know? And like, it's cool. Like we've talked about it in other episodes. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. I, I think the, uh, the stigma of you have to be a, a teenager or 20 something to be successful in music out of the gate. I think that's going to continue yeah. to shift over time. Uh, that's a whole nother argument for a whole nother thing. And like, mm -hmm. I think that's cool. And I think, sure, you'll still be able to, I think just because you spent that 10 years, but I want to save you that 10 years. Like I want you yep. to not have to go through just the relentless grind that we have gone through to still feel like we're at square one, or I'll speak for myself, not for you, where it's like, oh, I still feel like anything I want to build, I still have to start from zero now. I feel like I learned yeah. a lot along the way that I wish other people had told me, you know, yeah. by doing all of the wrong things and making all of the mistakes. Mm -hmm. But I'm still 31, and it's like, well, still have to start at square zero to build anything I want to do from here on out. Yeah, totally get that. I look at, a great example for me is, um, is YouTube. I didn't start taking YouTube seriously. I posted a video in like 2007. When I graduated from college, I, or right when I was about to graduate from college, I decided I was going to move to LA, <laughs> the stereotype you just mentioned, it's and try to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and at the time, you have to understand that there was no GoPro. The iPhone had just come out. And it was so expensive. I did not have one. And the camera was absolutely terrible on it. I think it was like two megapixels. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it, there was not an easy way or a cheap way to create video content. And I didn't have a camera. So I spent my money and hired a guy who made videos who I could find in Georgia. And I hired a guy who had done some photos for our band in high school and co or in college. And, um, I booked a studio and I put, I did a three song playthrough DVD of me playing drums to songs. Uh, well, one drum solo, two play alongs, something I could do in an afternoon now with the, with the stuff I have with the, uh, technology of today. But I had the book all day and I did that and I put out, I pressed up like a thousand copies of this DVD CD combo and it was a promotional tool for me to try to get gigs as a drummer. And it totally worked. And I put the drum solo on YouTube in 2007. And I got a lot of gigs off of that. And I mean, I put it when I moved to Nashville, I put a put that video on Craigslist, joined a band and got a record deal within nine months. <laughs> so like totally was worth the investment. It worked. But I didn't post anything to YouTube uh, for for 10 years. And in 2017, I started posting drum covers and then I really started taking it seriously in November of 2018. So when I started my vlog, I started posting every single day and between, between January, 2017. So 2007 and 2017, I posted one video, 2017, January to 2018, November, I probably posted, I would say maybe 50 videos, maybe probably 40 between 2018, November 2018, and now I've posted over 200. Um, probably, I don't know exact, over 200. Um, and I got no followers from 20, 2007 to 2017. You know, that initial bump when like your mom follows you, <laughs> got that. And then fast forward, 
I didn't get any followers, hardly any. My followership just grew so slowly up until in March, on March 13th, the day I dropped when we were young of this year, my follower count was at 500. I had worked for over a year to get to 500 followers. Between March 13th and today, I've gotten 300. I've almost doubled my following in three months or two months compared to call it two years. That's what momentum does. And my, and my follower count keeps going up. My subscriber count, I should say, I sound like an old man. My subscriber count on YouTube keeps going up, but that's what momentum does. It is an exponential thing. And it's, it's due to a variety of factors. One, I'm posting better content. Two, I've just gotten better at making my videos look good. I've gotten better at creating good videos because I've showed up every day and created bad videos forever. I made so many bad videos. <laughs> Number three, I figured out how to get good at thumbnails. Number four, I figured out how to get good at tags and titles. I learned that it's not enough to make a great video. You have to make sure that you're making a video that people want to see. And if people want to see that video, you have to make sure that you're creating an opportunity for them to find your video if that's what they're looking for. So if I make a video on how to play drums, but I title it, This Groove Was Fun, nobody's going to know that this is an instructional video this on how to play drums. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to make sure like what, what does the person want? I want to learn how to play drums. Okay. The video is called, this is how you play drums. Okay. There you go. So, but it took showing up every single day for two years, for three years now. I mean, it started January, 2017, showing up over and over and over again. I'm finally getting to the point where it's just now, just now starting to get a little bit of traction. And it has taken me three years to get to the point where I've got a little bit of traction. I love all of this. I, I think it's such a beautiful example of practicing what you preach, which is one of the many things I love about you. Uh, but I do, I want to sit on that for just half a second. I know we're getting yeah. close to the end, but I don't want to skip over this. Um, where you couldn't have gotten there by someone telling you. Uh, no. In the sense of the reason you were able to find out what works for you, the reason you were able to hone those skills, the reason that you are now three years in starting to have some momentum is only because you actually did the work. And right. I think YouTube is an incredible tool to learn things. I think we live in a time that there are more resources than there's ever been. Anything you could ever want to learn, music included, you can learn for free. Yep. And while I am an advocate for that, and I think you should do that, and you should always improve your skills, there does tend to be a disconnect for some people where you can't just consume the how. If you don't take what you consumed and take the lesson somebody tried to teach you or you know, take the how-to and then apply that in like practical terms and do it with your own hands, you don't actually learn. Mm -hmm. You are a theoretical musician or a theoretical video maker or a theoretical chef or whatever you are trying to learn. Yep. You have never actually done that thing. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you 
in theory, know how to make a podcast if you don't sit down with a microphone, record an episode, and hit publish. Like, yep. It doesn't matter if you, in theory, know how to track drums or get a fatter kick or whatever. Yeah. If you don't actually take the time to try and make a track in Logic or GarageBand or whatever it is you're using, if you don't actually take that information and put it into practice, it is worthless. And then you're going to keep searching for another video and another video and another video, like trying to find some sort of silver bullet that doesn't exist. And so you, ha you have to be you have to be inspired to suck. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I want to put that on a T-shirt. Be yes. inspired to suck. You show me anybody who's great at what they do. I will show you a thousand versions of early work of theirs that absolutely blows. 100%. If you've never recorded an absolutely terrible song. You're, you're not a real musician. If you've never made a terrible video, you're not a videographer. That's the only way it happens. Oh. MKBHD's Dude. YouTube channel is one of the biggest of all time. It is gigantic. He broke he is 11 so million successful. subs. 11 million subscribers. It's insanity. His first video is god-awful. I love it. You, you can barely see anything. It's so pixelated. And the lighting is terrible. There, there is no lighting. Yep. He's prepubescent. His voice is through the roof. He tries to show the thing to the camera. You can't even see it. It's awful. And now his videos are the benchmark gold standard against which all other tech review videos are measured yep. because he showed up every day and put in the work. Yep. It applies to everything, not just creative. 100%. Everything, show up, do the work, and you will build momentum and get better because the best education is doing. Absolutely. And I will uh, I'll hang it on this thought because I, and I mean this sincerely, while we want to try and help create a path for people that want to build a career in music, and that is the desire of the show and it's what we're going to continue to push towards, I would encourage you to ask yourself, I realize that on one side, fear is a factor. And we've talked about that before. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But yep. if you, even if you're scared to hit publish, which is its whole thing that you know how we feel about that. If you don't want to do the thing when it's hard because you're hyped about it and you're so excited and it's irrelevant that you're not good, it might not be the thing for you. And like, yeah, you know, and maybe this is like some tough love from Uncle Vance, but like if if you only want the successful version, you might not love being a musician. Like you might not love being in a band. And if your only goal is because it's like, oh, this life I can acquire if I make it, which mm -hmm. is a lie in every sense. If, if yeah. you feel free to reach out. We'll tell you all about how cool it is compared to what we might post on Instagram. Like... <laughs> I, I would encourage you that like you should be excited even when it's tough, even when you're not great, even when you don't know the best way to do something, even when your track doesn't sound incredible. If you don't have that youthful enthusiasm of it's like, it's okay, I just want to figure out how to make this a little bit better and then tomorrow I'm still excited and I want to come back and make this a little bit better and then tomorrow keep going and going and going, like then maybe don't do it. Save yourself yeah. a lot of pain. <laughs> like Yep. You know, it, it might not be for you because I think that applies to a whole lot of things. I, there are plenty of people that are in their adult years and, you know, past their 20s and whatever that 
even if it's not music, find some hobby. And all of a sudden it's like, even people with families and lives and whatever, find time for this new thing because they're just excited about it, whatever that thing may be. So if you are going to build that career, if you're going to build momentum, you need to have that youthful excitement and desire and, you know, relentlessness of it's okay that I'm bad right now because I'm so excited to keep getting better. Yeah. I love that. That I think that ins- that makes me think that a future episode potentially would be great to maybe talk about getting to the root of why you want the things you want. Because if, 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 like you said, if you want this life that it, you think music can bring you, maybe it's not the being of a musician that you want. And maybe it's the thing at the, on the other side of that that you want. And there's other better ways for you personally to get that than being a musician. Because, I mean, money solves a lot of problems. If it's money you're after, try something that you love more than making than the making of the music. And you might find that that life you wanted only was not yours because you couldn't afford it. Maybe it's not musical at all. No. You know, we could go off into a whole thing. So I yeah, so I know we'll do that. <laughs> we'll save that for another one. Yep. Uh, in the traditional sense that we do with our live show now, I'm going to ramble for the next 60 to 90 seconds and see if anyone has yep. any questions. Tom, feel free to let me know on your side if anybody's asked you anything or if there's anybody nope. we should say hi to. Got no questions. Uh, let's see. Oh, my cousin Mary Elizabeth is here. Hi. What's up? What's up, Mary Elizabeth? Love to the whole Natario crew. Emily Thomas. Hi, Emily. <laughs> Amy Ellis. I love you, Amy. Amy is awesome. Amy is uh, a dear friend of her whole family is amazing. They're all dear friends of the Dupree family. Love we it. love them. All right, friends. We love you. Uh, join the Facebook group. 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 Join the Facebook group so that we can help you build your career and work That's on right. these sweet resources that we're working on behind <laughs> the scenes. Uh, but yeah, y'all know the drill. Holler at us. If there's things you want to know, hit us up. If you just want to say, hey, hit us up. Uh, but we love you. And until next week at the 1030 Eastern Standard Time or 5 p.m. German Time, we shall see you then. Peace.